Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here with Mike DeChocho, the founder and president of Social Chameleon. Social Chameleon exists to help entrepreneurs, businesses, and brands tell their story and connect with audiences all through the medium of podcasting. And he's also the host and producer of Miked Up, a platform for guests to share their experiences and inspire listeners to be brave and bold in pursuit of their dreams. And Mike, I know you just hit the one-year anniversary on that podcast, so congrats on that, and welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. Man, it's pretty cool to be on this side of the microphone, like on this side of the conversation, kind of kick back and, and kind of hear some cool things going on. So thank you for that. You're a great host. I actually listened to a few of your episodes to prepare for today and really love what you're doing too on your show. Thanks. Greatly appreciate it. So yeah, tell us a little bit about, about you and about Social Chameleon and, and what you're trying to achieve through that. Yeah, so I started Social Chameleon in 2017. I walked away from corporate America. It was something that I kind of, I had this game plan building over a few years, wasn't exactly sure what that was going to look like. But to give you a little backstory, I always grew up loving to create content. And I'm talking, this is before we called it content, right? Late 80s, early 90s, running around the backyard with mom and dad's video camera, the shoulder cameras, you guys remember these I was literally editing video VCR to VCR. Okay, so I'm not sure, Nate, how old you are, but you're smiling. I'm guessing- I, I was alive in the VCR era, so yes. You were alive, but we're, <laughs> you were probably not dubbing tape to tape though, right? I think, I think that's more on my skills, not on my age, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. So we were literally dubbing, press and record on one and play on the other, and, and that's how we did editing before we had nonlinear editing or my first laptop I didn't have until I was in college. That's why I started taking classes on film production, screenwriting, video editing at Buffalo State College. I have my Bachelor of Arts from Buff State and loved following film and uh, was inspired by Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis and some of the greats from, the, from that era as well, 80s and 90s. And the art of storytelling was always really important to me in the way that you can visually tell a story through editing was important to me. So that was a passion. Also as a youngster, fifth grade, I started drumming. Had a love for music as a, as a little guy too. I just, whenever good music was on Beatles and Zeppelin, especially when I was a kid, I, those two bands always stuck out to me. My mom thankfully was a a hippie and had some good records laying around. So when, when she was doing, you know, whatever she was up to, uh, we just played her records. I remember even having Boston. I think we had a cassette tape of them. Some cool stuff I grew up on. And then I got into like 90s grunge, Weezer, that kind of thing. I'm just telling you this story to kind of paint the picture of who I was as a kid growing up. And I never knew I would aspire to become an entrepreneur. I wanted to kind of tell this part of the story next. So how did I end up getting into entrepreneurship? It took two steps before I launched my business. The first step was becoming a salesperson. I feel like to really be a business owner and do well in business, you need to learn some of the key components that you learn as a salesperson. Number one, it's providing value to your prospect. And how do you do that? You got to be a great listener, got to understand what their needs are and their wants, two different things. Then you have to 
do an awesome job presenting it to them in a way that they're going to understand the information and you're going to deliver it in a clear, concise way. Over time, you become a strong closer. I don't think it's something you wake up one day and all of a sudden you're closing deals left and right. So you learn how to do a, a great proposal and presentation first, and then you start closing deals. You get confident. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great business owner because you're a great salesperson. That's not always a one-to-one -one connection. Just like in football, a great player that's an MVP player and maybe a, a Hall of Famer isn't always a great coach. Would you agree? So I totally agree. The great Bart Starr, my Packers icon, <laughs> great player, terrible coach. Yeah, exactly. So, and there's, you can do that in other sports as well. So then the next step for me, I was selling sleep number mattresses, working at the mall. I hated working at the mall, but I was making good money. I mean, 25 years old, I got married. I was, I was making good cash selling sleep number beds. And I was proud of myself because I, it was that first year in sales that I made president's circle. It was back in 2011. What that means is I was like top 5% out of 850 sales reps or so. And the reason I share that is because it's when I kind of felt I was bit by the, the sales bug. Because again, growing up, I was into music. I mean, at this point in my, my life, early 20s, I'm in a rock and roll band. Okay, I had longer hair. I know people are listening to this right now and not watching it. But at the time, I had long shoulder length hair. I was a rock and roll drummer. Worked at a music shop, you know, that kind of thing. And then I got this opportunity to sell these mattresses and did really well because I learned how to connect with people. And I actually cared about people being better off after they met with me. I get recruited into insurance. That's when I learned the art of networking, which is the second tip I wanted to give. So the first is really understand your sales presentation and process. And number two is networking and getting people in your funnel. And in selling insurance, it was a totally different game. Like my phone wasn't ringing. The door wasn't being knocked on. People were coming in to see me when I had products and services in a retail environment. But now that I was in the insurance environment, I had to go find people to talk to. So I did the old fashioned sit down at your kitchen table, review your policies. And that helped me really learn how to build long-term relationships and ask for referrals and go to crazy networking events and meet people. And I wrote in a few years, I wrote like over 700 policies. I remember being pretty uh, proud of that accomplishment. But there's two things I just wanted to say is that's all great. Like winning president circle is awesome. Writing a ton of policies is great. Making the amount of money I did in a few years was awesome, but I wasn't really personally fulfilled because those things that I was missing out on from childhood, that creativity was kind of starting to feel like it was dying a little bit. Now, I was married. I was happily married at this point, 2011. 2015, my daughter was born, Isabel. I have a beautiful daughter. And I thought things were going pretty well, but that fulfillment started to feel like something was off. You know, you feel like you should have it all, but something's still not right. And I kind of realized what that was. It was, it was my talents and my skills not really coming out in what I was doing. So what happens in 2017, I ended up going through a divorce. Thankfully, it wasn't too nasty or anything. Some, some of my friends who've gone through it, it's been a lot worse than what I had to go through. Thankfully, pretty clean, you know, kind of a joint situation, we, a mutual agreement. But it was an opportunity, Nate, for me to reevaluate what I wanted to do when I wake up in the morning, what does my ideal day look like? I got to write the script. It was literally, I remember standing in an apartment, 
right? I had all my stuff boxed up, my entire life boxed up. Everything that wasn't boxed, the bare walls, everything, that was the future. And it was actually this like really, I almost felt like it was like a midlife crisis. I was 31 years old. And this is when I was like, you know, I'm going to do something pretty cool here. And the art of podcasting and storytelling and the great people I was listening to, I got to throw some names out here like Gary Vaynerchuk, Ed Milet, Lewis House were three of them. I was listening to these guys talk about greatness on their podcasts and how they came through adversity and learned so many different lessons through entrepreneurship. And they just, one of the common denominators was they never gave up and they had a ton of discipline to get there. And they also, you know, were very definitive in what they wanted to achieve. So I thought about it and I knew that corporate America was not my long-term play. So again, the story, the kind of the chronological events is my passion for creating as a youngster. Then I get into sales. I also didn't share this. I got into management too. Sleep Number recruited me back to manage a store. I did over two and a half million dollars about three years ago in sales and oh. uh, gross sales for the store. And then I walked away. I actually walked away on a high note. I had like a Pro Bowl season, if you will, <laughs> and feel like I walked away from it. But it was okay because I knew there was something in my heart that needed to come out. And that was social chameleon. So I sat down, created this game plan. Uh, November 22nd is going to be the three-year mark, which is coming up in a few weeks Congrats, here. yeah. Thank you, brother. And then I also, I'll tell you about my own podcast kind of last. But when social chameleon was launched, we actually were a digital media and marketing company. I'm in Buffalo, New York, and a lot of small businesses here were really kind of struggling with having success with online sales. They were a little bit behind on it. So we were helping people build websites that actually converted. We were doing e-commerce, driving leads through social media. We were retargeting people with Facebook pixels. And 100% of the people I talked to had no idea what Facebook pixels were three years ago. <laughs> so I actually had a great plan in place. But my first year, I kind of struggled to get a team on the field, here we go with more sports analogies and and partnerships. Like I would partner with someone who just was an extreme talent, but I, I was struggling to kind of find the right group of people. And I was getting these projects. These the larger the project, the more people I needed to help me complete it. And I think one of the mistakes I was making was I was trying to make something bigger than it needed to be to start off. So if someone's an entrepreneur or considering entrepreneurship, listening to this right now. Think about what you can actually control and your talents and skills. Maybe start a business that is a little freelancer style thing. Get one or two clients where you can manage 100% of the operations. Whatever people are paying you to do, you can do it yourself. And then you can teach and scale a team to do those things that you're great at. And you can have a checks and balances. Because I was trying to do it the other way. Whereas I was trying to get so big that I needed people to come in. And then I was trying to manage people. But I was managing them and tasks I didn't even know how to do myself. So it was pretty right. difficult. Right. Year two into entrepreneurship for me was I ended up helping another entrepreneur with his business. I was a regional vice president for him and kind of toured the Northeast a little bit and helped out with a mastermind group, which was great. I learned a lot. Actually helped him produce his podcast, which was a great intro for me to learn how to do this stuff. We kind of had a bad business breakup, no hard feelings anymore or anything like that, but learned a lot from that experience. And something I'll share for our listeners is 
I stopped putting 110% effort into my own business and I started putting a lot of effort into somebody else's business because I was promised this equity play and that um, it was going to be our, our first million we were going to make together and all kinds of crazy stuff. And so I, I ended up taking my eye off the prize a little bit and it cost me because for a year I got derailed. And then this past year I got back on the horse and just was totally focused on social chameleon and what happens this year? Pandemic hits. And what I did was, and entrepreneurs are great at this, we do not lay down on the map. You got to get back up and figure something out. Even if I felt like I wasn't where I wanted to be, I now thought, okay, we're all on an equal playing field. Who's going to get up the quickest, right? And I feel like a smaller business, like Social Chameleon, we're growing. We're still a smaller business. I consider us in that SMB model right now. We're like a speedboat, though. So I was doing website design, video production, video ads, social media ads, right? But I pivoted to doing podcasting in the middle of the pandemic. Why did that happen? So something huge happened last November. And thank you for the awesome intro where you mentioned I launched Miked Up. Uh, Miked Up came out. That was a passion project. I'll just share this real quick. So I was asking the universe and asking God to give me something that I can use my personal talents to serve the world. I didn't know if what I was doing yet was the right thing. So I just was like, I'm putting it up to you guys. Give me something, lead me in the right direction. And I kept feeling this tug at my heart to do my own show. And I knew it wasn't going to be something just me yapping. I wanted it to be something where my audience benefited. And that's when I came up with the idea to inspire people to be brave and bold in pursuit of their dreams. It's been awesome. Uh, it's the one, one of the most proud moments of my life really was getting to that one year mark because I know most podcasters don't get past episode eight <laughs> on average. Oh, yeah. So it felt good. I was like, I just want to get to 10. And then I got to 10 and I'm like, okay, I'm doing this officially. We're not getting, we're doing this until I can't do it anymore. And the audience continues to grow. And the best feeling I've had doing podcasting is when my guests actually compliment me at the end. They're like, man, I've been on other shows and you, you just make us feel at home on the show. And it's the best compliment I can get. Yeah. So I know I've been yapping a long time. I want to allow you to get some questions in, but that's basically painting you the picture of where I came from, what kind of skills I learned over time, my sales background, my marketing or my management background allowed me the confidence to start my own business. And if I didn't listen to those podcasts, like Ed Milet, I would have probably never had the guts to do it because I had to hear some other people that were telling their cool stories about getting started. And then it was just the, the experiences of the last couple of years allowed me to convert this into what it is now. And the pandemic was a kick in the face that allowed me to say, okay, if I'm not 100% happy with this, then now is the time to change it. There's no excuse. The worst thing you could do is just coast and be comfortable. And the pandemic was like no coasting and no comfort. Right. And that it's actually an allowed, it allowed me <laughs> to actually have a business now that's doing better than ever. I love it. There's so many, so many good pieces in there. It's pretty cool how you also have kind of gone full circle from learning from, from business podcasts and kind of motivational podcasts and then going full circle to actually start your own. That's also inspiring people to be brave in that. So I love that. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to, to hear. I'm sure you have listeners who have been inspired in turn from that. So it's pretty, pretty cool how that works. But yeah, so many yeah. good lessons in, in your kind of journey there and what you were saying. I mean, just from when you mentioned 
there's so many lessons learned through entrepreneurship. I mean, if you're trying to learn lessons about life and work, go start a business because you will, <laughs> you will learn those so uh, not easy lessons, but, yeah. and then um, I also loved, you know, the, talking about the importance of kind of setting up those procedures when you're talking about growing the business and growing too quickly, but instead mm-hmm. thinking, all right, we need to kind of set up these procedures first. I think that's such a hard part with business ownership is, getting out those really, really specific procedures so that when you hire someone, you can say, here's how it works, go do mm-hmm. it. Instead of, I don't know what I'm doing, figure it out for me, you know? So <laughs> yeah. that was great as well. And then the last piece that I wrote down and there's more too, but I, I love how you niched down into podcasting when kind of COVID mm-hmm. hit, you know, instead of saying we're a full service agency, like there's so many agencies that are, and that's fine. But going down into a niche and saying, we're going to do podcasting, we're going to be really, really good at this. I think that's really powerful and and I love that. Yeah. So I want to talk about that, about podcasting in general, because podcasts are, are everywhere these days. There's a podcast on any topic that you want. Why do you think specifically business owners and small business owners should consider podcasting as something that they can use as part of their marketing approach and part of their business approach? Yeah, there's really two parts to that as well. The first one is personal branding. So if someone is a personal brand, like a coach or an entrepreneur, someone who is really building their social presence as well and that that can drive to sales. Really, it's I wouldn't say the only reason you want to do it is to monetize it, but obviously there's a benefit of monetizing a podcast in a couple different ways. We talk about sponsorships and getting into that. And another way of doing it is simply building your brand so much that people want to learn more from you. Like I know I mentioned Lewis House and he had his inner circle program a couple of years ago. I paid, it was like 40 bucks a month but I would have never became a client or a customer if I didn't listen to his podcast probably 50 times before I gave him a dollar. But it was because I, I really liked him and I knew he provided value. So I think that's a great way for business people to showcase their talents. You're giving away free value. Typically it doesn't cost to listen to someone's show, but once they really like you, then they can become a customer or refer you to somebody. One of the shows that I tuned into, Bigger Pockets, it's in the real estate space. I might get the numbers a little bit off, but it, it's just to tell the, the story here, paint the picture. They have their core listeners, right? They also sell online services. They did a survey and found out that of the people who listen to their show, 90% of the time they upgraded to the next service. So if they offered like a pro package and then went up to like the expert level, 90% of the people made that jump when they listened to their show. So it shows that like there's a viewership and a buy-in to what you're doing. And then you can have more of a lifelong mm. consumer. Well, I wanted to say one thing too. The reason I did end up offering podcasting with social chameleon was one of my video clients. I did a video testimonial for them. It was an awesome opportunity to get out of Buffalo, go down to Florida in the middle of winter. And we shot in Orlando, got back up here, gave them the, the final edit. They loved it. And then I launched my podcast and they saw my email marketing come out and they said, dude, I didn't, you know, this is awesome that you're doing this. Would you like to do a podcast for our company? Cause our board of directors is talking about launching this for our association. And that's the part two. I said like personal branding is why you'd want to launch a podcast. The second part is for an organization. I think it's a great resource, a great tool for the actual organization. Think about it this way. So, this company hired me to produce the podcast. So each episode they can interview a different member of the association. There's 120 worldwide members that they have. And so they have different sponsorship levels. Like you can be gold or silver. And if you paid for that, 
there's like, hey, guess what? You're going to be a guest on our podcast and the other 120 members can tune into this and we're going to plug it like crazy on social and we're going to plug it like crazy on our email marketing. And so the other 120 people listening are all networking buddies that can potentially send and receive business from you. And so you're getting in the spotlight because typically these guys would hang out at these huge conventions, but that's not happening with COVID. So now you're able to still stay in front of somebody because they're listening to you on a podcast that's actually featured in that association they're in. So that's one way that I think podcasting can certainly help out. A third way is again, kind of the corporate model. Think about how, you know how at the end of a year, we talk about President's Club was something I achieved. You know how most sales organizations get everybody together usually at the end of the year and celebrate. And it's like a, it's like a long three-day weekend, typically in like Florida or it might be in Las Vegas or somewhere, somewhere nice, which is cool. And they have a keynote speaker come in and they might pay this person like 10 or 20 grand for a weekend to give an awesome presentation and just amp everybody up. Everyone goes back to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they either apply it or they don't. And it usually, even when they do apply it by Friday, it's kind of like, okay, you're back to your old habits. Okay. (laughs) That's one way of spending a ton of money to build interest and excitement within your company and camaraderie. What if that same company spent that amount over a 12 month period and had a company podcast and had people do Zoom interviews and maybe every Friday you had like a 15-minute segment with a Gary Vaynerchuk or a Grant Cardone or whoever you like, Rachel Hollis. And you can, ha- you can pay someone like that a fraction of what you'd pay them to fly them out to do a three-day deal. You're just like, hey, Grant, can I get 15 minutes of you on our Liberty Mutual podcast or whatever the big company that wanted to do this? And then... Throughout the week, you can have training. You can have like something that's for your sales team, something for your service team, something for your admin team. The president has a huge announcement to make. It won't be a clunky email that's outdated. It could be the president of the company doing a video or a podcast. And then most times, even with the pandemic, a lot of people are still driving around. Your employees will remain more engaged with their company through podcasting. Mm. And so we produce that for companies so they don't have to worry about an extra person on the team or hiring someone internally to do it. I love that corporate idea. Even going off that, you know, you could even use it as a form of employee recognition, right? Saying, Hey, top salespeople who are in this president's club or whatever term they have, you know, we're going to bring you on for 15 minutes. You can talk about what you've been doing. That's been successful. And then that's recognizing their success. Also, they're able to share some of their tips And then that person can then go home, put it all over their social media, say, Hey, look, I was on Liberty Mutual's podcast. That's a big deal. You know? So I love that. That's, that's a great form of recognition too, as well as continuing ed. Yeah. I think you can have like the Fridays are like the fun one. Like you can have some celebrity type people on and then you can use it again as a way to recognize your team, as a way to inform your team. Everybody wants employees to be more efficient and effective, but employees want the company, they want their voice to be heard. And I feel like listening to the podcast keeps your employees engaged, but then there can also be a way where maybe they even talk about like a survey or whatever. And they just, they're keeping your, your own team like just in it longer instead Mm -hmm. of like, okay, I just got to do my work tasks and I'm gone. Right. You know, not that every single employee would necessarily listen to it every day, but it's a value add. Like, you know, on LinkedIn, how many times do you see recruiters trying to steal people away to a different company? 
But I feel like if you're with a company that you really like and you, you trust them, they're good, they have a cool podcast, it's just like one extra value that maybe doesn't want you to, to seek out other employment. Right. Well, there you go. Any large C corporation CEOs that are listening to this podcast, I know, you know, Elon Musk is probably listening and Mark Zuckerberg, but uh, there you go. There's some tips for your, your corporate <laughs> podcast. We, we got it all figured out over here. No, but th- those are really good tips for sure to be serious. So, you know, thinking, thinking for small business owners, let's say they are interested in, in podcasting and, and the way you describe your services I love, you know, is, is you said you, you record, you upload, we do everything else. We're going to publish it. We're going to edit it. We're going to do all that stuff. For someone who's, who's thinking of starting their own podcast and knows nothing about podcasting, what are a couple tips that you could give them as far as, you know, whether that's content, whether that's kind of how to, how to structure the podcast, how to even get moving on kind of the publishing side of things and the back end side of things? What kind of tips can you give for someone who knows very little about it? Yeah, I came up with seven tips here that, and I appreciate that's a great question. Thank you. Anyone who's thinking about getting into this, it's a little shameless plug, but if you go to socialchameleon.us, there is a downloadable PDF. It's free. It's seven tips to launch your podcast. These are the tips. So I'm going to give them to you. We'll talk a little bit about it. If you want them in more detail, you can check that out. Number one, what will you talk about on the show? So you got to come up with the concept, kind of what content you're going to talk about. That's number one. And then what is your style? Is it like Nate and I, where we like to interview someone and allow their story to really shine on the show? Or are you going to do more micro content where you might have like a 10 or 15 minute really strong concept you want to deliver? So that's a style that you can deliver. Um, Who is your audience? That's super important. You need to know who you're talking to, who's going to be listening to your podcast. And I mean, on an even deeper level, like what are other shows that they listen to? What do you think they care about? And then instead of thinking what they care about, do some small surveys and kind of get some feelers out there for who your audience is and what they're most interested in. Be active on social media too. That's a separate bullet point, but go in there and find out what what posts they're engaging with. And if there's a post you did that kind of was a dud, maybe try it one more time. If it's a dud again, then that's maybe not a topic your audience cares that much about. So pay attention to what's going on with your social as well. Uh, The fourth point is what is your purpose, right? That can go back to business. That can go back to personal, but that's definitely on your podcast as well. What are you looking to achieve? Like what's the purpose of the show? And then co-benefits. Talked about monetizing as well. But one of the benefits I feel of podcasting is what's the biggest thing that we want to do with social media? We want to be consistent, right? And we want to have exciting and engaging content. You don't just post anything on social. You want to have engaging content. And guess what? A podcast is a super way to engage with people, right? Post sections of or like promos of your show to get someone to listen to the whole thing. And so you can drive traffic that way. But also it's building your personal brand like we talked about. That's a huge co-benefit of doing this and consistent content. So you do podcasts, maybe you launch one a week like I do. Every week you're going to have the, before the episode comes out, release like maybe the cover image saying this is coming out on Monday or whatever day that you choose. Then you actually have the release of it. Hey, this is out now and you do something cool around that. And then you can do like the one minute highlight from the episode, say click here and you can listen or watch the whole thing. Those co-benefits are all tied back together. And then how will you monetize it? As I mentioned, you can do sponsors and typically those happen pre-roll or mid-roll. And 
the one thing, if you're listening to this and you're considering doing a podcast and you want to make money doing it right away, one of the biggest mistakes people do is they just try to get the biggest sponsor and it's not something that they like a product that they use or care about. So right away, they kind of look like they're selling out. I would recommend find something that you use on a regular basis. And if it's a product or a supplement you take, or it's an app on your phone that helps with productivity, whatever it might be, it could be a clothing brand that you wear that you just, you feel great about that you really enjoy. Try to find something that makes sense first and your audience will know that you care about it. And you being genuine is the number one thing you to connect with your audience. The second that they think you're phony or you are phony or it just doesn't land right is the second that they're going to tune out. And so you can have a great podcast and lose someone because you're trying to monetize it and sell yourself out. So I love that because we've all heard that podcast advertisement where <laughs> we're like, this sounds terrible and it's obviously so huh. fake. Yeah. That post loses credibility quickly. Mm-hmm. Last thing is what is your marketing strategy? So you, we can make you sound good. We can make the show look good, but how are we going to get people to hear and see it? So what's your strategy? And I would say the lowest cost, best action on that would be social media marketing, running some ads to your targeted audience so they can see or hear your content. There's going to be a great way to do that. So those are the seven. So what will you talk about? What is your style? Who is your audience? What is your purpose? What are your co-benefits? How will you monetize it? And what is your marketing strategy? Wow. That's amazing. And I will definitely put the link below the podcast if you're okay with that, Mike, so yeah. that uh, our listeners can check out that resource. Yeah. it's uh, Again, it's socialchameleon.us and chameleon has the H in it. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. Now, this is just a, a question out of curiosity, but out of all the podcast platforms, and there's so many, you know, you have Spotify, Apple, the big ones. What's your favorite platform to listen to podcasts on? You know, I started off using Apple a lot. I'm an Apple guy, so it just was natural. But I would say I really like Spotify more now because I use that to both listen to music and podcasts, so I'm not jumping around as much. As far as a tool, they both work very similar. They got the search feature, you type the show you want, you subscribe to the show you want, so it's there, right? Those are really the big two. And I would say doing this myself and doing this for clients, that is always the number one bucket of people like Apple, I can see exactly who's listening, where they live in the world and what platform they listen on. And Apple is always like a huge chunk. And then the other ones trickle in. Cool. So so I would say, you know, Apple isn't even my answer. That's just what the analytics show. But I personally like both Apple and Spotify. Sure. Mm -hmm. That was, that was one of the biggest surprises when I started producing this podcast in mm-hmm. in a much less refined way than I'm sure you do with your podcast. But you go on the platform and the back end of it, and they're like, which ones do you want to push out to? And I was like, how are, how are there this many platforms to push out to? There's like 15 different ones you can push your podcast out to. So anyways, just, yeah. a, just out of curiosity. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the above. All the above. Put it everywhere. I agree. So I want to ask, I want to kind of switch from podcasting specifically to kind of business ownership and entrepreneurship. And you covered some really great stuff at the beginning with that. But for someone who's just getting into the world of of being an entrepreneur and switching from the employee lifestyle to being an entrepreneur and having to wear all those different hats, what are some insights you could give to someone who's just starting out to enter into that world and that side of things? Yeah, I would say if you know that you have something that's in your heart, 
that you will go to battle for and nothing can shake you. You have that outcome that you're ready to do anything for. If you can go a couple months without eating kind of thing and know that you're going to still stand up after that and you're ready for that, then I say you're making the right decision. You got to know that in your soul and only you will know that other people, your family, friends love you and care about you. But most of the time they're going to tell you it's not great, especially if you're coming in a situation like me where you're kind of coming away from a successful situation, do it for the right reasons. Only you can be real about that. If you know it's the right reasons and you know, it's something that the world needs and Third, you're, you're serving first, like your natural talents and skills are part of how you're going to serve your consumers or how, whoever it might be, it might be nonprofit situation, whatever it is you're serving, then I think you're making the right decision. So that's the first thing I'd say, just be real with yourself. Make sure you understand why you want to be an entrepreneur. It's not just a cool hashtag that you actually are doing <laughs> something for the right reasons. And then two, I would say, last thing you can do is, is continue to go, keep on moving depression happens when there's inactivity in the brain. Like if you're busy and you got a lot going on, it's, your brain has a hard time ever getting depressed. But if you just stop and like spend too much time reflecting and not taking any action, you can actually start to go negative. So what I would say for an entrepreneur, kind of that analogy is just keep moving. So if you have a bad day, the, the worst thing you could do is think too much about it. I don't wanna say don't ever use strategy, but don't spend eight months building strategy in like one week trying to implement it. It's good to have a plan, but the cool thing is you can adjust your plan as you go. The worst thing you can do is have a plan and no action. So go out and take action and then be mindful like of reflecting on what's working and not working. So you got to have some kinds of checks and balances with yourself an accountability partner. Even if you are the one man show or one woman show in the beginning, have a close friend or mastermind group setting where people know what your challenges are so you can talk to people about it. And then next week they can see, are you making the same mistakes? They'll be able to know because they're going to ask you some internal questions and be real about the answers. Cause if you're trying to fake it fake until you make it, you could do that because it'll at least help you move forward. But eventually the end result isn't going to be what you want. So be real, like be open. That's the best thing I could say is just be open and like, take the advice that people are willing to give you, but also make sure the people that are telling you things do some homework on them. If they're not where <laughs> you want to go anyways, then I wouldn't listen too deeply. I'm not saying be rude, but if someone's coaching you on how do you to make a seven figure business and the, they've never done it, then I would probably say, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time today. I'll follow up with you. And then just kind of, you know what? It's not the right decision. Go find someone who's done it. That's willing to help you out. Podcasts are a great way to do that. A lot of people who talk on podcasts, like Ed Milet, $400 million man, he's willing to give some free tidbits and advice on his show. So I would recommend um, diving into content like that. And then lastly, what I would say is if you are selling a product or service, realize that the initial iteration of it is most likely not going to be what the final product looks like. Think about the iPhone and how it changed so much. Think about the you know, like the first, everything, like every Apple product you can, you can talk about MP3 players, look how they first looked. They didn't have any screens on them. Then it was a black and white screen. Then it turned into iPod. And then it was what the iPod touch. And then that basically like the phone was like, we don't have to have two of these things. It could be a phone and an iPod touch in one. And it's the iPhone. 
And so those iterations happen because they launched the first iPod X amount of years ago. So what I did with Social Chameleon was launched a digital media and marketing company that eventually warped into a podcast production company because based on things that I was doing, things I was learning and things that were kind of tugging at my heart, I was able to make that pivot. If I never started, I would have never gotten here. If I wasn't listening to what I cared about and what my heart was telling me, I would have never got here. Also, I was listening to coaches and they were telling me I'm doing too much. Before I offered too much, I needed to be more specific. Best way I can describe it is when you start selling a product, it might be a square, right? Month one, it's a square. You sell three of them. Month two, you adapt that square. Now it's a triangle and maybe you sell nine of them. You're like, oh, okay, interesting. And you're listening to the, what your consumers are saying about it, right? You're reading reviews. You're asking people who did purchase it, what they love about it. You're asking people who looked at it and didn't buy, why they didn't buy. And you're getting a pulse. And then maybe that third month, you, you go from square to triangle to now it's a circle. It doesn't have any edges on it. Boom, home run, you sell 100 of them. You would have never sold the circle if you didn't start selling the square three months ago. Too many people are trying to wait until they have the circle. So I would say, go and do what you want to do. Have a plan. Don't live and die by the first plan or the first product or service you offer. If it doesn't work, figure out why. And then again, if you told yourself you're not going to give up, then you better not, like, if you're going to give up after one failure, that's, you're not really in it in the beginning for the right reasons. Know that the most successful people in the world have failed way more than the people who haven't tried or were tried and just kind of threw in the towel early. Talking about Walt Disney, he was told he wasn't creative enough by a newspaper and fired. You know, we talked about Apple. So Steve Jobs, he was actually fired from Apple, I think in 1984 and came back in 96 or seven. My years might be a little off, but that's kind of the Close enough. timeline. It's like failing is okay because you, you learn from it. And right. you got it like the best athletes, Michael Jordan, say what you want about him, dude was never afraid to take the game-winning shot. He, he even says, like, the reason that he was successful is because he shot and missed all those times, because he just kept going like a machine. Thomas Edison, 10,000 attempts failed before that light bulb turned on. What would it, If he stopped at, you know, 9,999, we might not have light. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's great. I think that's, that's one of the biggest, one of the, one of the things that people don't realize about being a business owner is, is you do fail so many times and it, it's hard. It's so much harder to fail when you're a business owner because it's all you and you're putting everything into it, right? It's not like you're an employee and you don't hit, hit a goal and you're like, well, it's not really my goal though. It's, it's the company's goal. You know, when you're an entrepreneur and you fail, it's like, wow, this is my livelihood and part of my identity, you know, in some way probably. So it's tough, but you totally agree when, when you fail, you're going to learn from that. As long as, like you said, you keep going and you persist and you're able to mm -hmm. learn from that and keep taking action. So I, really enjoyed so many pieces that you put in there. I also really liked when you relate into accountability, bringing in other people to help push you on in different areas. I think about it often as, you know, I'm really skilled in this area, but who can I bring on that can teach me a little bit about this working in this area, you know, or working on this area or giving me some new insights into this so that I'm not just hitting my head against a wall thinking, how do I do a podcast? How do I do a podcast? Or for any sphere in business, it's the same thing. Yeah. So I think the biggest mistake you could be making if you start, if the number one person you care about is yourself. If you mm -hmm. want to see like this 30 year version of yourself, that's uber successful. And maybe that accounts to money and, and possessions. And those things are all great. Trust me. I mean, if you've had them, you enjoy them, but 
I would say the number one thing is how many people you can help. And when you start to help and serve people, there's a quote, I forget who said it. You want to make a million dollars, help a million people. I mean, it's as simple as that. So if you know that you're out there and your product and service is going to have an awesome application into the world and you can rest your head at the end of the night knowing you're selling something confidently, it's just a, you're going to feel better about it and it's actually going to make a dent in the universe. And I feel like that's why you should put your foot forward to do this. Again, I think that the most successful people all provide some kind of product or service that helps make our lives better on a daily basis. Going back to being genuine, if, if you're doing it yeah. in a genuine way, people, people are going to realize that if you're being, if you're being yeah. fake, people are also going to realize that. So just yeah. make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Like you said, Well, today you get, it, you'll get figured out way quicker than you used to. <laughs> I mean, sure. like people just know <laughs> You're, if you're on a podcast, you're on social, it's just, you know, you can only rent out a Lambo so many times and post it until people know it's not your car. <laughs> for sure. Well, Mike, yeah. this has been, this has been great. So much great content that I think is going to be awesome for our listeners, both in the realm of podcasting as they get into that and also just entrepreneurship in general. So thanks for being on today. Yeah. Appreciate you having me, man. I'm going to continue to tune into your show as well. Hey, and right back at you. I'm going to have all your information below this. So if you want to listen to Miked Up, which you definitely should, go check it out. I'm going to have the link below for that. And then obviously all the information on Social Chameleon as well. So you can get a little bit more information about podcasting. And if you're really looking to get into it, got the, got the merch there. Definitely reach yeah. out to Mike and he can, he can help you out with the, uh, the podcasting realm of things. So yeah. thanks for diving into business with us again, everyone, this week. And we will see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast. Yeah.